playoff baseball is upon us and there are no blue jays but we're going to recap the last 30 days from the pitching side to see who we should be looking for in 2022 based on september 2021 results it's time for dingers this is dingers way more than fantasy baseball we keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park <laughs> let's see the stats what's the average draft position what kind of plays you making check the wins above replacement check the lineups and the points this i gotta see what's your path to victory are they aiming for a dynasty get points going head to head please don't do me no favors we're always watching waivers ain't no minor league this is major yeah dingers let's go Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Corbin Burns that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined again by Robbie Baseball from the murder room. What's happening, Robbie? How are we doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm just realizing that the Twitterverse was uh, doing things while I was not looking at it all today. So I'll have to check in. And Billy B, I saw you sent a message. So by the time you see this, I will have got back to you. Um, happy fantasy baseball season over off season. We never sleep time of year to you, Ty. Yep. And to you as well. Thank um, you. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, a couple of weeks here where we're going to take a breather coming up and just yeah. relax. Enjoy. Play enjoy, off the, baseball. enjoy the Northern foliage as it changes <laughs> colors. Right. You know, for those of you that don't have trees, um <laughs> <laughs> or trees that change color that's right so yeah that's that's something that's coming up but yeah it works just crazy for me so i'm i'm enjoying just a little bit of relaxation and frankly there's nothing i love more than playoff baseball like it doesn't matter anything anywhere playoff baseball is my favorite thing it's just it's short it's sweet it's exciting uh yeah. i love every second of it so i'm looking forward to that i'm super bummed our jays didn't make it that was heartbreaking but i said as i said to you before we jumped on I knew we were absolutely screwed when the Rays rolled out Josh Fleming in the ninth. I was just like, this is not designed to end well. And, and the thing I want to know, like I, I want somebody that is maybe the statistical side of intelligent baseball to tell me why I'm wrong on the intelligent side of non-statistical baseball. Why the hell did they not walk Aaron Judge? Like, why are you facing the Yankees best hitter with a base open and you right. need two outs? It makes no sense. Like, I don't understand that. Like there's not a percentage or a statistic that you can show me that says anything but walk him. True. I don't care if Stanton yeah. was as, as hot as he's been. The odds say walk him. I just at I, Dinger's Pod, and you can yeah. let us know. Find Ty at Turney Boss or myself at Robbie Baseball One. Let one of those three accounts know. Or right now we're live. Jump in, um, post the comment as to why. As long as it's on topic. We're happy to engage you while we're um, posting this or recording this. Uh, but Ty, before we get into more statistics and numbers and things, I'd like to jump into one of these that has a percentage sign on it. We can talk about it. Well, and I mean, if we do too many more chats about dumb baseball, we're going to need more of this. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol 
and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. So you're still just going left here with the NASCAR-style Miller Lite? Yep. Well, there we go. Perfect. So when I opened it, I spilled it on my mic, and now I just spilled it on my shirt. So, right. Cheers. I'm going to go with, um, how about a Buffalo Trace? (laughs) Not quite as catchy as that would have but Certainly not. (laughs) I wanted wanted to take it out for a spin. It did not work. Okay. Return return to center. So uh, the title of this podcast this live stream this episode 179 for us here at dingers is next year's corbin burn so at some point i said to ty i will tell him who i think the next year's corbin burns is going to be um ty do you possibly have one that at some point we will do the tie breakdown on who that might be yeah, I think I can. I can throw. I'm going to throw two out. I think by Perfect. the time we're done here. Yeah, impromptu um, as they come up, organic style. Um, yeah. We can we can do it as we need to. But one thing that we do need to do, and I mean, it's it's not going to be. It's not going to come across like it should. But um, congratulations to Julio Urias for 20 wins, and congratulations to you and I for believing in Julio Urias. Uh, five wins in September to get it done. I think this is appropriate. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. 20 wins. He's the only guy, right? He's the only guy in MLB that did it this year? Yeah, I think so. And you know what is, is awesome about being right? When you waited a long time and everyone else stopped believing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been on the train since 17, but I got... I started to conduct the train in 18. <laughs> so it has been a long wait through, you know, he's going to be a closer or he's never going to be healthy. And then we get a season. And I mean, this is part of it, right? Being on a dominant team is part of his success. Um, but I mean, in September, beautiful stat line, which we will get into. Uh, but I just wanted to say that off the top. And, that and I will, I will say time. this, like I, I'm impressed because he got away with it a little bit more than I thought he was going to this year. Like I thought he was going to have some trouble with the pitch repertoire. Um, I thought you were going to trouble with the curve a la Clint Eastwood, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. What a film. <laughs> well, I, I got There was a, there was a uh, crocodile Dundee reference last night uh, in my household, which just came out of left field that I did not see that coming. Uh, my, my son had grabbed a knife and my father-in-law is like, you think that's a knife? <laughs> I was like, you call that a knife or whatever the line is. I just, you're like, I he's know- one, please take it away. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I had a good laugh, but yeah, let's, let's get into this. There's some pitching. I love pitching. You know, uh, this is one of my favorite parts of fantasy baseball is, is getting the pitchers ahead of the curve. Um, it's, it's a big part of how I build my team. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode. So Robbie. Without further ado, what's our starting category this evening? Okay, so as we did on the previous, the hitter one, we did the five-by-five category. So um, for pitchers, we have wins, ERA, strikeouts, whip, and you would have saves or save holds, depending on your leagues. Well, we eliminated relief pitchers for the most part because that's not what we're going for, right? We're not going for breakout relief pitchers because um, that would be like Paul Seawald with Seattle and – 
we can find those guys next year in season. So we've got four categories, but we added losses, whether we talk about it or not, walks, and then the average. So how hitters hit against them. If we pick those, we pick those. Otherwise, we're going to stick with the big four and talk about innings pitched. All that to say, I'm taking wins um, as my first category, and that's because Julio led the way with five wins. Michael Pineda, surprisingly, five wins. Um, and then there were, what, one, two, three, four, five guys with four wins. Alec Manoa, Adam Wainwright, which, my goodness, Adam Wainwright had a year. Marco Gonzalez, strong finish, Ty hates him. Cal Quantrill, <laughs> four wins in September, Ty hates him. Um, and then Camilo Doval, who's with the Rangers. Now, this is an RP, 13 innings pitch, but he still got himself into four-win territory. So worthy of a mention as well because the rest of his line as well, right? Ty didn't give up a run, had 18 Ks. And by Rangers, you meant the Giants. Oh, is that what I said? Yeah. Anyway. For anyone that didn't know who Camilo Duval is. Yeah, he's going to be in the playoffs, unlike the Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, But he did have a decimal 6-9 whip and two walks. So um, that's why he's being mentioned right now. So he's one of those out-of-nowhere dudes. But again, there were, there's a bunch of guys with three wins. Um, you know, I'll say this much, Ty. I was in one World Series um, over the last two weeks. I lost it. I lost it by 60-something points. And I can pinpoint the two players that cost it for me. And that was Tristan McKenzie, who you'll be happy to know um, did not do well for me because you're not a big McKenzie fan. Although you did own him in our home league. But still, yep. um, he went from averaging over 25 points his six previous starts and then his last three he averaged negative points so he absolutely tanked and i was expecting 75 points from him which if you want to do the quick math that's what i was that's what i lost by i lost by tristan mckenzie but also Mm -hmm. a guy who had three wins this month max scherzer with the dodgers put up a stinker uh, two, two starts ago or his last start, I think it was his last start. And, uh, I think he had four points or something like that in our format. Like it was not a Max Scherzer start. Single-handedly ended my season in one league, uh, in that, that two week stellar week that he finished with his 3000 K performance. Yeah. He was the best pitcher prior to last week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That hurt. That hurt real bad. Yeah. Is there anybody on the bottom half of this these three win guys you want to go through? Well, you know I want to just mention Jose Suarez with the Angels because mm-hmm. I gotta. But one of the other interesting ones here is Eric Lauer, who we will talk about later, so I'll focus on that later. But a couple of the playoff teams and non-playoff teams that just had multiple guys, Milwaukee, one of them, Adrian Hauser, um, and Lauer or Lauer. La- it's it's Lauer, right? L A U E R. Lauer. Lauer. We had this correct. with Brett Laurie, where it was, you know, Lowry. Or anyway, Eric Lauer. Whatever. I'll screw it up all the time. Um, but Toronto had Alec Manoa, Robbie Ray, Jose Barrios all on this list. Three wins, three wins, and four for Manoa. And Hunjin Ryu won his last start, but I don't think I think he only ended up with two on the month. Um, which I mean. Again, tough titties that Toronto lost. Um, the rotation was a problem at various times in the year. You know, if you would have asked me who was going to lead the way in September, Brios was on Minnesota at the time. Alec Manoa was what starting in double A, triple A, whatever it was. And Robbie Ray was like a rebound candidate, but certainly not a Cy Young candidate. So um, 
overperformances on the on the pitching side and even Brios who did exactly what I kind of thought he would do and everybody was over the moon for him um those are the guys of, of note to me is there anybody here for you I mean I, was, I guess I should say Chris Flexen right Ty Chris Flexen and those exciting uh, Seattle Mariners I mean Chris Flexen to me is just a throwback guy that just is throwing that that hook unfortunately with these uppercut swings like and I think we saw it towards the end of the year. Like he wasn't getting away with it as much as he did in the first half. And now, he gave up he, a lot of walks too. Yeah. Walks like this month. Well, it's because he can't miss with that hook and then right. his fastball is just not good enough. Right. So he's got a nibble. And so that's the issue is that he, like he doesn't have that like dominant change up and the curveball is just not good enough to like wipe people out. Now, is it going to get barreled up all the time? No, but it's just not fast enough. Doesn't have enough velo to get by guys. So that's an issue. I, sorry, Ty, I have a late ad, and it's a fun story. Drew Hutchinson, he got three wins, <clears throat> uh, 15 and a third innings with Detroit this month. Some of you may recognize the name Drew Hutchinson. He wasn't, I believe he was an opening day starter for Toronto, jeez, uh, a long time ago, before they made the first time big round moves. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Drew Hutchinson um, is back playing Major League Baseball, and I work at university. And um, I'm in chef there in food services. And I saw a kid last week, Ty, wearing a Blue Jays Hutchinson jersey. And I was like, holy crap. And so I walked out and I'm just like, hey, man, how did you get this jersey? <laughs> like, yeah. I have never seen a Drew Hutchinson jersey and you are 18 years old. So I'm <laughs> impressed. And he said, well, actually, my name is, and I, I mean, I'm going to give it away. I don't care. Uh, my name is is Andrew, and my last name is Hutchinson. So everybody calls me Drew. So Drew Hutchinson. And he said he went to a game this year, and people were commenting like crazy. Why? I bet you regret getting that jersey. Why did you get Hutchinson? And, he, and he's like, you're the first person who was excited. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll have you know he's pitching with Detroit. He's like, oh, I know, man. I know. So I thought that was really great that I had that little Hutchinson connection. Did we just and I have become been best friends? Yeah, yeah. Did we just become <laughs> best friends? Yeah. <laughs> with an 18-year-old? No, yeah. no. Uh, I did not become best friends with him. But uh, anyway, I, I just wanted to mention him because I'm happy to see that he's back and healthy and pitching. And the last time before Detroit, I think he had a really brief stint with Pittsburgh or something. So anyway, I, I, well, I would love to say maybe he could become like a Rich Hill second half of his career could be a resurgence. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, I'd like to see it too. I mean, he was really, really good when he came up in Toronto. Yeah. And then he unfortunately got hurt, and that was kind of the end of that. But it would be nice. Like, he had good stuff when he came up. Um, he's got the frame to do it. So I was just know, checking to see if I had a bobblehead. I don't, I don't have a hopefully, hopefully, this is the path forward. So I, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I have a Brandon Morrow bobblehead, but that's, so I, have, that's I have that one as well. Yeah, and Aaron Sanchez, woof. <laughs> anyway, Ty, all right, so we, we talked about the guys who got wins, which always important. Fantasy baseball in September, it is so tough to go into your World Series, especially if it's only one week, and then have guys get pushed back, which is why we always say try not to leave it to the last week. Um, but if you are going to go right up to the buzzer, make sure you're doing a two-week period, uh, first and foremost. So, um, But what category do you want to go to? We got what? ERA, strikeouts, whip. I'm going to go ERA. Uh, when okay. we talked about this uh, on, on the hitter episode, you know, very similar here. Um, this is a, this is a scenario where I build a lot of my pitching staffs around some of the percentage stats. Like I usually ignore 
uh, wins in, in almost all cases. Although I am thinking about it. It's just not, it's not how I predict growth um, for my, for my pitcher. So let's start there. ERA. There's a bunch of guys here at the top that are like who, uh, but if you're paying attention in your deeper formats, you're going to know the aforementioned Camilio Dovell, formerly of the Rangers joking. Uh, he's a San Francisco giant, as we noted earlier, um, stellar ERA uh, sitting at zero, 13 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts, uh, predominantly as like a middle guy. Uh, if I, if I remember correctly, Robbie, so I'm checking, he's, he's kind of like that sixth, seventh, eighth stretching and kind of guy. Uh, so basically a reliever, but you know, the peripheral stats for him are strong batting average against his one, five, six whips, zero, six, nine. Nice. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's a solid scenario here for for Doval but uh obviously San Francisco's got a handful of these guys like that are relative no names right like obviously if you're a Giants fan you you are fully aware of these guys but for for most casual fans like Camilio Doval is not a guy that's like top of mind as a as a good reliever right so interesting to see there and just so everyone's aware Ty for the year in 27 innings for Doval uh, 37 Ks, a three ERA five and one record. So, you know, walking into some of those wins, but only eight save holds and three of those eight save holds came in the last week. Yeah. So statistically speaking, he has snuck in at the end of the season with a very strong month in 14 and a third innings, as you mentioned, uh, zero ERA 20 Ks over that time. And because he had a couple, I think, on the last day of the season, which is why there's 14 and a third. I had a written in at 13. Um, and he's probably going to be rookie eligible next year. I'm going to double check on that. So depending on your formats, if you have a prospect draft, sometimes guys like this are good to take in the second half of your draft pool. Uh, it really depends on, like, if you're in a 30-team league, people will have eyes on these guys. And a league that um, that I'm in, a points league, these guys start to go in the second round, like before yeah. pick 55 because some teams covet the idea of a points per game rp over five but he didn't have enough time this year to really become notable and um this would have been because of jake mcgee that late yeah. push in the season would have been the absence of jake mcgee but it doesn't mean that he can't come in next year and do it again because jake mcgee's on a two-year deal and i don't know about rogers if yeah. he's back or not so it's well, possible Doval's setting himself up with a good playoff to become a very popular pick and the K per nine was really strong throughout the minors. Uh, so it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, he, he did a lot of closing in the minors. And I think this is a guy to look forward to for next season as a closer in, in waiting. It looks as if San Francisco treated him that way through the minors. And, you know, as you mentioned, if he's getting shots down the stretch here in huge games for the Giants, like they obviously think very highly of this 23-year-old. Yeah, so he is going to be rookie eligible next year because this was his first year in the big so that's a guy to know now some of the others lucas uh gilberth with colorado oh, i know ty knows this is scary colorado pitcher but as we also have tried to hammer home before colorado is really good at getting and developing pitchers it's just that the park is so so difficult that the lines get screwed but this guy had 11 and two-thirds innings walked into three wins decimal seven seven era 12 k's a whip of 1.11 um and five walks which is a little frightening for 11 and two-thirds innings but uh kept hitters off balance with a 182 average and somebody to to look at next year not not a you know 
stud in waiting. I, but I mean, the the walks per nine over the season are terrifying um, for me. Like, I think there's a regression realistically here, uh, but still a guy that could be reasonable in deeper formats. Right, we're talking about 23 walks in 42 innings, so it's a little scary. For 44 uh, or 4.9 per nine, um, definitely not what you want to see out of the bullpen, right? So, right, the, the K per nine doesn't match that, right? Because there are guys out there that have a higher walk per nine, but they're usually matched by high K totals. Just a 9.3 K per nine uh, out of that, and in the minor league numbers, there's a blip this year at at AAA for him, but before that, all sub 9.5, so a little. <laughs> little scary with the walk walk numbers. So obviously there's some stuff here. Obviously they wanted to give him a shot or they wouldn't have put him up. But, you know, I think that walk thing is definitely the the thing I'm looking at moving forward. And we have seen some guys who are able to just like sort it out. You know, Kopech, that was going to be his big thing. And he came up and was able to just knock it down. Maybe that's what this test period was supposed to be for him was, you know, this is an opportunity for him to try to knock it down. Now, somebody who went from, what like not on the roster to relief pitcher to potential closer to starter and i don't know if this is one of your two guys here ty but potential corbin burns of next year uh ranger suarez with philadelphia who dazzling 1.15 era in 39 innings in the last 30 days 42 k's only two wins you can thank the phillies for that um one of the reasons they're not playing uh, <laughs> right now, but, uh, he crushed me in the world series that I was in. The guy had picked him up off waivers in a 30 team league Ranger Suarez on waivers. Uh, I also picked him up this year in a 20 team league off waivers. Cause this was just one of those forgotten guys who wasn't going to get it together. And here it is. And I think he is going to be ranked so insanely high as the off season rolls on. Cause right now a ton of fantasy baseball dudes are all focusing on football. Because this, yeah. this is like primetime football, right? So this is where dynasty owners can swoop in. I mean, we say it all the time, take advantage, right? Suarez had a great finish to this season. If you look at 106 innings for his yearly total, the numbers aren't amazing to see eight and five record, 107 Ks. That's none of that's dazzling, right? But the ERA is one, three, six for the year. Um, six quality starts, not dazzling Four save holds. So there's the opportunity for you to sneak one by somebody here. Now you're not going to be able to do it for nothing, but he might be able to be a secondary piece. If you try to make a really smart baseball trade and Ty's talked about this before, if you come to somebody and you're saying like, you know, here's my Willie Peralta, give me your Ranger Suarez. Well, you're, you're not going to get that deal done. Right. But you can come up with something a little better than that. You can look, you know, maybe to trade your whatever. I don't know. Your Zach Wheeler and something else. And you're going to get Ranger Suarez in a piece that you really covet as well. And that might be a deal that you can make. And maybe next year, Suarez and Wheeler are, you know, neck and neck as teammates and in point totals and things like that. So uh, that's, I feel like he's a potential breakout dude next year. But I also think the breakout happened. It just happened the second half of the season. I mean, the scary part for me here, like the sinker's a great pitch, right? He throws it a lot. Uh, it's got well above average break, right? So there's some serious serious depth to the sinker with a reasonable velocity at 93. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just I'm just concerned with the other pitches, right? Like the the pitch profiles aren't as sexy for the slider. The four seamer, um, you know, are, are a little scary to me. I mean, there's there's some interesting numbers on 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 the sinker and that's it for me 
Okay. So like, I, I'm just concerned that there's not enough deception for 162, right? So I, I'm, I'm going to stay away from Suarez. And, and the thing that's always a red flag for me is like, this is a guy that's started in the bullpen, was mainly profiled as a bullpen guy. And now all of a sudden it's having some success. Like if you look at the history of guys that progress like that, it's not super exciting and it doesn't usually end well. Um, but he did start at, at points throughout the minors, but it's, they kind of gave up after 2018 for him. So like, to me, I, I'm very suspect about it, but at the same time, as you know, as a starter, his ERA was significantly lower too. So, and uh, it, it was but. weird tie because Suarez, like Philly made a bunch of additions with starting pitchers at the deadline. And then he began starting. Like it just, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't make sense. So it was one of those things where maybe the manager's like, you know, Jordy's like, screw it. This guy should be starting or somebody above him was like, you, you now have a bunch of pieces. We want you to give Ranger a shot. And if it doesn't work, you know, you can go back to some of these other dudes, like whatever it is, it, it clicked for him down the stretch. And I'm interested to see now to your point, if he struggles next year, as long as they keep putting him out there. I think dynasty owners can be drooling all over it, but I like your point from a redraft standpoint. If I was in a redraft, maybe he's a guy I would look to avoid. He only had a hundred innings and change. Um, like you said, the pedigree of him starting is not there because they somewhat had given up on it and he yeah. did not start this year. He was not in this season starting. So there, yeah, there's definitely some flags well, there, but from, from a breakout and, standpoint, all the pointers are there just like it was with Corbin Burns. Well, and in the historicals before 2018, when he made his major league debut, like his minor league numbers were, were very good before that. The strikeout numbers were low. It was a pitch to contact strategy, right? By the looks of it, like his, he's sub three ERA all <clears throat> the way through the minors, basically. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a track record of him having success at the starter's position but at the same time like there was a very significant shell shock when he reached the major league so i'm, I'm just i'm very hesitant this is the kind yeah. of profile where i don't see enough of a trend for me so okay. i'm just gonna stay away and i will let you and others take that risk and and i might be wrong but i'll, I'll just i'll take the safety net and take a right turn on the next exit well, I've got a few vanity metrics just to pile on. Um, one, his last name's Suarez, and he's a lefty. I like that. Um, he also wears a jersey that's red and white. Um, I, I enjoy that. Now, that's because there are two Suarez's that, that are both pitching that are doing that. Um, but vanity metrics are important. He's also round, um, and I think that's a pitcher attribute that I'm cool with. Uh, I like round. <laughs> I like super skinny. Um, that's, that's, I like lanky guys, but anyway, that was a lot on these guys. Max Fried had a really strong 35 innings with a one, two, nine, Zach Wheeler, one, four, seven, Adrian Hauser, one and a half, which that was really, really nice for him. Uh, Willie Peralta. I mean, I don't know what's up with that in Detroit at one, six, three ERA. We mentioned Drew Hutchison before Frankie Montas, 30 innings, 1.78. He did have a bad start in that, or at least not an excellent start at some point. Um, we played the White Sox in there and that was, was the that one the one? Okay. Yeah. He finished strong against the White Sox, but he had one before that that he got beat up a little, and it wasn't even that bad. It was just it just wasn't. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are guys who are closer to like two and a half ERA is Eric Lauer, Sandy Alcantara, who I mean I think Alcantara has just cemented himself um, in the upper echelon 
on a crappy team. He just keeps getting it done. 34 innings, 37 Ks. That was the knock on him before, right? Wasn't getting enough Ks. Now he's doing it. Luis Castillo, again, finishing good, strong finish for him. Not in the win category, but again, not a playoff team, but Cincinnati was okay. 33 Ks, um, 235 ERA. Anthony Descalafani with San Francisco. Um, Julio Reyes. And here it is, Ty. My pick for next year's Corbin Burns breakout. Chris Bubik with Kansas City. Two wins in 30 and two-thirds innings, but a 205 ERA. 23 Ks, which is perfect because it's under the radar. Lots of room for improvement. But the whip, decimal 9-1. And the walks, 7. He's getting it. He's sorting himself out. There's been a lot of disappointment with Kansas City starters and prospects in general um, this year. Bubik is one of the guys who started to just quietly tick off the boxes and get himself under control. The stat line looks like crap for the year, which is ideal when you go into the offseason. He wasn't a rookie at the end of last year. This is the sophomore season. He's now sorted himself out. He knows what he's doing against his division. I think he's going to come back next year and he's going to be a quality starter moving forward. I don't know that, you know, what Corbin Burns said is the exact thing I'm going to pin to him, but this is the guy who I think is going to solidify himself as a legitimate fantasy relevant 15 team and bigger yeah. guy. This is, this is a must start must have guy for me. Uh, I am going to be aggressively all over him in dynasty because people are going to be down on him. And I bet you can dangle some, some uh, sweet prospect fruit and get yourself some Chris Bubik nut. That, that one that didn't deliver <laughs> the way I intended that yeah, analogy I, missed. Don't make eye contact, <laughs> <laughs> but that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if now's the right time to mention my guys. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave them because I think let's pick another category. Yeah, I think they're a better fit for the other one. The only thing that I I just want to uh, to chime on in quick yeah. here is is uh, you know a guy like Max Fried here who's at the top of the list. Like this is a guy for me that like I and I own him in several leagues, so I don't need to do this. But like I'd be buying Max Fried right now. Finished unbelievably strong. He just lost good stuff at the beginning of the year this year for injury reasons or whatever and i think you're still going to pay a little for a max freed but the price is going to be way below what he's going to deliver because that atlanta team's still going to be really good and the other pitching the young pitching they have is turning that corner so this team's going to be a team to beat and freed's going to be at the front of that so i i'd be going to buy freed really quickly and in Hopefully the owners didn't pay attention as closely as we did in the last 30 days. Cause remember there's probably a lot of teams that had max Fried that missed the playoffs because of his first half. Right. So, right. you know, they probably stopped paying attention in the playoffs and didn't really realize how good he was. So just something to note uh, as a way to take advantage of some of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I thought max Fried was going to be ACE worthy this year. So in my TGFBI league, max Fried was supposed to be my, my ACE. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm going to do, I think I had him and Ian Anderson, like back-to-back picks. And I struggled a lot in that league. Like I was as far back as 3:30 at some point in the year, very early on I finished. So we're all aware 155 um, moved way up the standings. And I mean, all I needed was more time and I would have continued to rise because I had my roster humming and exactly the way I wanted it. Now, Ty, you just moved everything on me, but the category that I was going to pick I'm going to move it back. Nobody knows what's happening right now. Uh, I'm doing reverse ERA. All right. Are you ready for why? Because this yeah. is exciting. 
for exactly what you just said about the people who you got to hope guys didn't pay attention in September. Well, for the guys who did pay attention, you Darvish, 513 ERA, Aaron Nola, 514 ERA, Jesus Lazardo, 528 ERA, Sonny Gray, 540 ERA, uh, Madison Baumgartner, 590 ERA, Josiah Gray, 646 ERA, uh, Haskar Yon with Atlanta, 652 ERA. These are all potential targets in Dynasty, in my mind. I would circle Josiah Gray five times. Um, and I think him more so than the others to me, you know, Darvish is older. Uh, Aaron Nola. I'm yeah. Aaron Nola is great, right? 28 innings pitch 37 K's. You know, we know he's good, but Josiah Gray is going to possibly have a really rough 2022 because Washington should just give him the ball and let him start. But you might be able to get in now with Josiah Gray, or at least get him, get on the board with the owner at some point in time in your league and start the discussion. And then at some point, maybe in May, June next year, if, Washington is struggling and his line looks bad. You might be able to get him and then sit and wait on him because there's potential here, right? 30 and two thirds innings, 30 Ks. He still was able to get two wins on a Washington team that was basically trying to lose. You know, the players weren't, but the way it was composed the last month, um, you know, they're starting uh, uh, Yadiel Hernandez, 34 year olds, I think it's Cuban, um, just giving it, giving him outfield spots every day. And Soto was the best player in, fantasy baseball as Ty knows because I put a post in our home league <laughs> because people were chirping the fact that I made a trade with uh, Vlad, but I got Soto. Anyway, um, so that's a guy that I would circle. I don't know if there's anyone on this list. I know you're a Lazardo guy, Ty. Is, do, yeah. do you look at this and think this helps you off-season 100%. acquisition? Yeah, I'm buying Lazardo everywhere. I mean, this is this is going to be the lefty ace of my team post type of future years. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to be the SP one that I think a lot of people thought he was going to be right. I I've always seen him as a two or a three, right. High end three above average two, I think is the ceiling. And, and frankly, like, you know, in, in that rotation, like two is a stretch, right. Like for him to be the two, it's not really going to happen, but at the same time, like, I think that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. And this is the kind of guy I get really excited about because although I don't pay attention to wins very often. This is a note, though. Like, he is going to be SP4 in all likelihood moving forward. And with that note, he's going to be facing other SP4s with SP2 stuff. So, you know, that's kind of the way you have to look at this. The matchups are going to be beneficial for him on the pitching side. That doesn't mean he's going to win uh, an exorbitant amount of extra games, but it's going to give him a slight edge. And so that's what I really like. And and I just like Lazardo. I like his stuff. And I think, you know, that front office in Miami knows what they're doing. Um, they've made nothing but intelligent decisions since that new regime stepped in. And I'm excited to see them turn this kid around because the stretch down the, um, the last six games, four of those six starts were three runs or less. So, you know, there is a trend there. There is a pattern and I I'm not ready to say he's Corbin Burns, but I think he might be the following year. So I'm going to try to buy now with that in mind, because he should be in most formats in a long-term contract. He's perfect for your team post type. Because Big time. all of it looks dirty, right? It, yep. None of it is no longer shiny prospect. Like all of it looks like this is a guy that missed. And in Dynasty, we all know that. You you can't fill your roster with these guys, but it, depending on how willing you are to have, like the more you're willing to have, the bigger your return can be in the long run. Because Robbie Ray, who when we switch here to strikeouts, 
Robbie Ray is one of those guys, right? He's been up and down um, reclamation project what twice now, like with Toronto, the final time or the most recent time. But even with Arizona in 2020, it was thought that, you know, he could be this guy and no, no, boom, 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 busted out, then ends up in Toronto. And then look what happens this year, right? And then next to him, Corbin Burns. Now, just to, to say in 28 innings, Corbin Burns had 45 Ks in 34 innings. Robbie Ray had 46. I don't care. They're both incredible numbers, but my goodness, Corbin Burns. Um, Kevin Gossman had 44, which that's good. Final that's month. A big, for that's him. a big number for Gossman. Yeah. And 35 innings. Uh, Suarez, again, as we mentioned, um, Jose Barrios, 42 and 39 innings. That's that's peak Barrios right there to me. Just mm-hmm. over a K per nine. Uh, ERA at three and a half. The whip was beautiful. Decimal seven, nine. Um, yeah. And then his teammate, Alec Manoa, in 37 and a third innings, 41 Ks. Nathan Eovaldi with Boston, who in 32 innings has 41. I think he's playing tonight. We're we're wild card night, right? We are. Um, yeah, I think he was three innings in when we started recording. So it is uh, it is three nothing in the sixth as we speak for the Red Sox. I was gonna say, just kidding. Nobody cares. <laughs> having another one, uh, <laughs> drowning my sorrows in That's American right. Miller well, Light. And before you move off Manoa, Manoa is actually my Corbin Burns guy. And this is is, is a bit crazy because he's pitched half a season. Right. And I don't normally take that kind of stab on a guy that's this young, this guy. And if you, if you're not a Jays fan, you you might not really appreciate this kid yet. He's just built differently. Right. He's a giant human, which is part of that. that. Like that TikTok guy who like did the flex and cracked the egg. And then everybody made fun of him (laughs) and cracked the I'm built different. (laughs) (laughs) that was actually pretty good Uh, but at the same time this this guy is just a different human and you can see it when you watch him pitch that he's just put together you can see him when he's on the bench he's just put together you can see him in the interviews there's a phenomenal video with him on pitch ninja talking about joe west breaking him into the league and i recommend you watch it it's a real good insight into who he is his love and passion for the game of baseball and what gets me really excited is the fastball for it is dominant. The slider is already among one of the best in the league, and it's only going to get better. And the thing that excites me the most, and the reason I'm willing to at least take some risk on this kid, is the changeup is going to be a plus pitch. It's not there yet, and you could see it develop throughout the year, and they started to use it a little bit more. I think those three pitches this time next year are going to be dominant. So... Um, I just think he's he's not your traditional kid that comes up and it's not as if he jumped into a big role this year because he had little big innings in the years previous <clears throat> as well. So I, I really think this kid is going to be a superstar and I think it really is going to help solidify that rotation when Robbie Ray leaves because he is leaving. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance Toronto signs Robbie Ray. Yeah, with the money that they owe to um, apparently – major decline Ryu and uh, often injured George Springer. They're going to need to uh, temper the expenses. I think this off season uh, just because they also are going to have Vlad and Bo who are going to start to get paid. Uh, All you got to do more. is add a G and you got gray, John gray. 
That is the <laughs> replacement. Go get him. Hey, I, I, I don't mind that. I, I was going to suggest this other guy because I'm scrolling down a little further. The K the K per inning count in September starts to dip after this. We're all under under 40 Ks for these guys and over 30 innings. And then you get to a guy like Aaron Nola, who we already mentioned, 28 innings, 37 Ks. But the ERA is not great. Now, here's another one, Ty. That, I mean, he's got to come back next year, in my opinion. That's Rich Hill. 31 and two-thirds innings for Rich Hill this year. 284, sorry, it, this last 30 days. Um, 284 ERA, 35Ks, and a 1.26 whip. Uh, gave up more free passes than normal, 12, 12 walks the last 30 days, but um, still keeping hitters off, 237 average, which is a bit higher, but Rich Hill, I think he's 44 right now, um, still getting it done. There are major league teams up and down that would like to have him. Uh, the, you look at a team like Philly, who had Kyle Gibson, give him 32 innings of 731 ERA in September. I'm sure they'd rather have Rich Hill next year. Um, also as a, a team that might be looking to break in prospects, kind of like Tampa Bay started with Rich Hill this year, it, maybe it's a better fit, but maybe there was a chemistry issue in Tampa Bay too. Like, I I'm not quite sure why Tampa Bay would trade a uh, Rich Hill, who, as we talked about during the year became more effective. And yeah. then they traded him away to the Mets, which was more of a filler pitcher move. So, um, interesting note there. Now we know, uh, San Diego didn't finish with a great stretch. They don't have. Many pitchers to mention on here. Uh, Joe Musgrove, just so everyone's aware, because we we tried to tell everybody, and everybody got really Joe Musgrove excited. But in 33 innings in September, when it counts, right? When you're in your roto leagues down the stretch, when you're in your head-to-head playoffs, when you're playing important fantasy baseball, uh, Musgrove gave you two wins this month, which is fine, but a 464 ERA, 34 Ks in 33 innings, which is fine, but the whip, 148. So Two of five categories, he was able to give you solid performance, 34 Ks and two wins. But, um, you know, obviously he's not doing saves or holds, so he's out on that one. But um, the ERA and the whip were concerns of mine going into the season. It's what's going to be in my head this offseason. And I'm certainly going to continue avoiding Joe Musgrove on my rosters. I don't know how you feel about him, Ty, um, but that's certainly somebody that just, I don't know, just doesn't do it for me. Just not a guy I'm willing to put any capital towards. See, now, uh, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. You know, I've, I've talked about this before. I watch a lot of Padres baseball, A, because I've got several players on the team that I really like, and B, I just really like their announcers, and they're they're good listen late at night when I'm either pounding away on some work or i got MLB The Show going or whatever's going on. I usually have that in my ear. How is MLB and The Show going for you? We haven't talked okay. about it much. I'm super excited about – the player of the month this month, Tyler O'Neill. I hope that is an absolute must add. So number two fantasy player, the last 30 days, by the right. way, everybody yep. out there, he's going yep. to get there. He's going to end up on that team. Um, but I, you know, I have an, I have a nice squad. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm still trying to solve a, a right field issue that I have to fix, but we'll get there. Have you we'll considered putting Nick magical in right field? Uh, no, because there's not a great magical <laughs> card this year. And that's oh. part of my issue. I relied heavily on Madrigal last year. He had like 440 for me. So I've, I'm not liking, not liking, <laughs> but I do have Juan Soto who's just raking. And Prince Fielder is just destroying what? baseball. Yeah, for me. Yeah, that's I a, don't understand a, this game. I have Prince Fielder, but that's because I have Nintendo Wii MLB 2K11. But so people, Prince keep Fielder me, <laughs> people try to keep trying to backfoot a slider and I'm just sitting there waiting for it. It's like, I, I know you're going to throw me that pitch. And the minute you miss it in the zone, it goes into the pond uh, out in right field in San Francisco because 
I like to pitch up in the zone, and so I Wait, need a big ball. But big, you're ball the party. Giants. No, I'm my own custom team. I'm the bosses. Oh, and we wear all white. Of it's course. Legit. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> the bosses. <laughs> so, so we're that. But I like to pitch up in the zone, so it's a really nice uh, scenario there for for that. Um, okay. So I'm, I mean, I enjoy that a little bit. All right. Uh, now, sorry, you were talking about Joe Musgrove and then you said MLB the show and I, we yeah, got the, off track. The stuff's good. And I think he was let down in a lot of cases by being left out there too long because the, the team isn't very good. Um, and in the games that I've watched him pitch and I seem to catch every, almost every game that he pitches, there was a lot. And I mean, a lot of incidences where he had one or two guys on base that always cashed right? His bullpen just did not help him out. And so that's a big part of, of that piece. Um, so yeah, other, other than that, um, I, I'm not, I'm not drafting him early. So for me, it's a price tag thing. If the ADP is way high, I'm staying away, but I do think it'll recoil a little bit for exactly what you're saying. Cause I think some people will be a little bit off where they were and willing to, to move them or willing to give them up for less than he's worth, uh, and kind of go from there. So it's, it's definitely interesting. He's got two more years of arbitration, um, so he's going to be a Padre for a little bit here. And was Jace Tingler officially fired? I don't believe so. I think they were just rumoring. To me, that would be so unfair yeah. to fire a guy in a scenario where that rotation was just destroyed. And Luis Rojas with the Mets was fired. No, um, he was just not extended. Oh, okay. There was, okay. There was an option. So Okay. Well, he's not returning. Let's just say that. But yeah, Tingler, yeah. the reports are that he will be out. And like you said, Ty, like, I mean, they had a, a great 2020, you could say overachieving, whatever, but that's what San Francisco is doing this year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that, that that's the right move. And I have heard from Toronto fans that obviously want Montoya out. Um, and they talk about, you know, who would, but, but again, as I, I say, who, who does he get replaced by that's going to work with the management? Francona. You know? <laughs> well, Francona has got to be available and healthy and <clears throat> excuse me um i'm interested to know because because the big name manager was something that uh i've had a conversation about well two two different conversations with um one intelligent baseball person and the other one was roto ronnie and uh you know just who would who would it be in my name that i suggest was well you know show walter's been inside and outside the al east so he may as well come uh come north no. for one one more time if that it, but if it's if it's the big time manager that's wanted. So anyway, we're off topic with that one. Let's yeah, let's, Frank, let's pop back to it because Francona is the guy. I it sounds good, and Cleveland yeah. wants to get rid of everything. So why not the manager, the team name, the manager, and then as far as you're concerned, Jose Ramirez. The front office, the front office hired him in Cleveland, right? So right. there's some familiarity there. So that's why well, Tito, as they call him, he's he's been there. He was there before he left and went to Boston and did all that's, all yeah. of the greatness there. So, but speaking of greatness. Um, whip leaders. So this is everybody that had a whip of under one in September. Uh, Camilo Doval, Max Fried, Jose Brio, Sandy Alcantara, Max Scherzer, Eric Lauer, Zach Wheeler, Charlie Morton, Chris Bubik, Ranger Suarez, Julio Urias, Corbin Burns, Jordan Lyles. What? Yeah, Jordan Lyles had a pretty solid September for a terrible Texas team. And Jose Suarez with the Angels, who in 30 and a third innings, Got three wins, a 297 ERA, 24 Ks, but a .99 whip. And then we did have Marco Gonzalez with Seattle, who had four wins, um, along with Adrian Hauser, who had a one and a half ERA. They both had a one whip even. Now, 
honorable mention, obviously Alec Manoa, uh, 1.02. And then there are other dudes, Nestor Cortez. We haven't mentioned him tie with the Yankees very quietly. Good. Had a good September 31 and a third innings. Did not, did not get a win, but a 3.16 ERA, 39 Ks and a 1.05 whip. That is a guy that gets circled. What the Yankees do this offseason may put Nestor Cortez in that Debbie Garcia. You know, you think he's just going to pencil be penciled in as an SP4-5. Turns out he doesn't get any playing time. That might be Nestor Cortez. But let's just like all acknowledge there could be something here with him. Mm. I'm not willing to do that, but I appreciate that. you Just circle you, him, Ty. That's all I'm saying. I will put a square at best. Oh, uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so on this list, like we've got a lot of familiar names. I think it, the reaction to Jordan Lyles was appropriate. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, had some blips in Houston before he headed over to Texas uh, as a guy that could be relevant. I, I think he's going to follow the path of Gibson and Lynn before him. And I think he's going to be exited for some value. I think this was a, a savvy strategy by the Texas front office to go and get some guys outside of trading Hans Kraus, which was stupid. That front office has done, <laughs> done some good things. Um, so I think this is going to be next. And I don't know if it's necessarily in the off season, but I think this is the kind of guy that I'm looking in, in deeper leagues, especially to acquire ahead of the trade deadline. Cause I do think this is a name we'll see on the move next season. Uh, just as a quick note, you got Bubik in there who you, had mentioned as your guy to be better next year. I, I agree he's going to be better. I'm not willing to put him in the the Burns category yet as an elite fantasy guy. I do think he's going to help Kansas City win games. Uh, that I can get on board with. Uh, and, and, you know, we've talked <laughs> about a lot of these other guys. I hate to see Marco Gonzalez at the top of any list. Uh, <laughs> that just frustrates the hell out of me. Um, so I can't, I can't have that. Um, I just don't think there's enough there. The declining velocity will likely continue and in that just at some point is going to be a very steep marco estrada sized cliff that yeah and marco gonzalez i think ty really benefited from a six-man rotation this year right there, mm -hmm. there's discussions now with otani uh for mvp and say and one of the one of the arguments which i think is very false is that oh with otani you know you have to have five additional starting pitchers i don't think you have to seattle proved it you can choose to have six Right. And then for periods of time where there are injuries or other things, you can reduce it down to five and then go back to six rather than having the five and then finding yourself with bullpen games every now and then you can just go with six and Seattle proved it through the war of attrition. Their best month was the last month of the year. And that's the month that a lot of teams collapse and Seattle surged, right? They had a great final stretch. Now that doesn't mean that should be a new standard or anything like that. But I think if you're comparing between having say, I don't know, an opener um, or a six-man rotation, I would prefer to have a six-man rotation. It was it was helpful that Jared Kalenic didn't get out every single time he went to the plate in September. That, oh that helped God. that off. But he did cry when they got he, eliminated. And I get it. He's young. Um, what? How did Kalenic finish? I didn't know that. Yeah, when it was like official that they were tostado, um, he, he was – tearing up on the bench. So his last month, just, just to be off topic here, two so because it's of use, 239 average, 855 OPS for Kelnick and 92 at-bats. That is regular playing time. 17 runs, 17 RBIs. That's about half of his production for the whole year right there. Um, six dingers, two stolen bases, 12 walks, 26 Ks, which um, putting him under 30%. 
that was I think the only month his K rate was under 30%, which is fine. Um, that's an improvement. That's what we want to see. Now, everyone's going to crap all over Kelnick until they start to look at what happened in September, which means um, by the time your offseason really picks up in February and beyond, if you have not gotten out there to get Jared Kelnick for what could be a very big turnaround, um, you won't be able to get him once all of the fantasy baseball guys return from fantasy football Well, and he, <laughs> because they're going to start to realize it. So. Well, and the reality too is, is, and there's a profile here that I think is relevant, and that's Yamakata. And Yamakata, Kalenic are very similar profiles mm. and a very similar break-in experience, right? So, you know, Mankata had a little bit more experience uh, positive at the start, but then had the recoil. And, and a major and I, K issue too, right? Correct. Major K issue. And that's why I think like there's a, there's still a good hitter here. What I think the big difference between the two is that Kalenic is a ridiculously balanced hitter. I think a lot of what he struggled with was pitch selection and just adjusting to to that elite level. Because when he went back down to AAA, he was absolutely mashing, right? So I think it's just a little bit of an adjustment period. I think he's going to get there, and he did down the stretch. The 850 OPS to me is enough to get really excited. And in that 240, very similar to like a Tyler O'Neill should jump to a 260, 270 over time. So now's mm-hmm. the time to buy because – with that 270, that OPS is easily on, starts with a nine, right? That's the reality. So, um, you know, I think that's that's a, a guy I'm excited. About. But anyway, we're talking pitching here, so let's get back onto it. Uh, I do want to mention the guy that here is is on the fringe of whip here with a 109 is my other selection for my Burns breakout, and that's oh. Frankie Montas, which maybe isn't as much what? of a breakout as people like it to be. He's but again, out there, Jerry, and he's loving every minute am, of it. And I understand that, but I think what people are are missing, though, is just how good Frankie Montas stuff is, and I think we're still just scratching the surface. And I think we see this a lot with splitter guys, right? It takes them a little bit longer to get the location, right? There's very okay. few... Kurt Schillings that come out and just dominate from the beginning of their career. Right? I was going to say it also takes a really good catcher. That too. Yeah. Like, Cause you gotta they, be able they've got to be willing. Yeah. They've got to be willing to uh, challenge the pitcher to do it over and over. And they got to block it. Cause if it gets in the dirt, if something bad happens on, you know, some other like a secondary pitch, they've got to be willing to say, let's get back. Let's do this again. Like, let's not issue the free pass. Let's get this guy out. Yeah, um, I just think I watched a handful of his starts down the stretch, and I just think he's turning that corner. You know, he had obviously the PED bout uh, that he he fought through and has come out on the other side. But I there's still an excellent, excellent ace here. And I think, you know, he's a big reason why Seattle's not in the playoffs in one of those final starts. And yep. so I, I think that's a huge piece of this puzzle. Uh, he just he has a weaker division for the next year and a half. Um you know, we'll, really we'll depends see. on what Houston does. Truly, this offseason, this is a big this this AL West could really shift around a lot. Right, it could be a an absolute free for all like the AL Central seems to be every year, um, minus you know Pittsburgh. But uh, it could be very interesting in the West if Houston does not you know retain Verlander, uh, Correa walks, and they don't replace him with someone of note. Like there, there could be some changes. And I mean, to me, also free agents have to sign somewhere. Yeah. To me, they have a really easy decision. Um, qualifying offers for Correa and Verlander. And I think Granky let walk at this point. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and I Great think that's your, 
and that's your decision. Like I think Verlander will take the qualifying offer. I think Correa is already on his way out. I don't. I don't think he is staying there. I, I could very easily see AJ Hinch linking up with Correa in Detroit. Um, you know, I know Dirty. that's there's a shortstop need there for sure. True. So I I think that's a possibility. Detroit has money. That's no secret. Um, so I think that's the way it's going to go. But but I do think that Montez is going to be in a position where that team is ready to rebuild. Like you still got Jordan Alvarez, you got Tucker, you got Altuve, Gurriel's still there. You've got Corey Lee coming. Like there's lots of guys there to make that team good. Um, Jose Siri, obviously. Gets you a just shout promoted out. a catcher, by the way, just so we're just so everybody listening is aware. He's he's coming. Minute so. fifty six. Ty said, <laughs> Corey Lee. <laughs> and, and if you go back, he is his top, their top prospect. But if <laughs> you go back, top. if you go back three years, I mentioned it after that draft that Corey Lee was the guy I was most excited about. So okay. I, I, this is a guy I've been watching for a while. I'm just poking. Exactly. Hey, it's all good. He's better than Maldonado, who hits zero. Uh, his right. greatest attribute is colored hair. Um, <laughs> and that's not ideal. So <laughs> it, it is something. It is something, but it's not it's not fantasy all that. Um, but, I'm going to go the other way on the whip tie here. Sorry, okay. what, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I just think that team's good. Like To me, the Angels are more of a concern in that division, and, and I think Oakland is going to struggle with pitching unless my prophecy of A.J. Puck becoming an ace is, is real. It really is, yeah. And then, my God, I don't want to play against you in fantasy if all these guys – uh, if all these pitchers come to fruition that you're going to have. Um, but on the other end of the whip, just so everyone's aware, like we have talked about Kyle Freeland on um, positive things like quality starts and things like that. Well, his whip sucked uh, in September 166. Patrick Corbin's another guy who the line doesn't look brutal. 30 and two thirds innings, 29 Ks. He got two wins. ERA was 382, uh, but a 157 whip. Very, very rough. And then I did mention Musgrove. Tyler Molly didn't talk about yet. Um, as well as Justin Steele, who with the Cubs probably, I'm guessing, comes back next year and starts. Um, in 26 innings for Steele, he had a 519 ERA, 24 Ks, and a 146 whip. He's kind of like a project they can still work with. Two and one record. So, you know, he avoids the 0 and 4 month and things like that. Tyler Molly, though, 31 and two thirds innings, three wins, 426 ERA. 36 Ks, which is great. That's his positive stat. Three wins is a positive stat, but a whip of 148. Really a guy to watch, and especially because of the redraft um, bias towards a guy like Molly, where the closer every year, there are these guys, right? Musgrove's one, too. The closer to the season you get, the more you start to hear about them because guys are looking for non-ace type players to promote. Top, guys that could be inside the top 50 that are outside. Molly's name gets mentioned all the time. He gets this like false value to him. So again, in your most important month of the year, the last 30 days, that's where you want to look at some of these guys and think like, you know, where could problems lie? Ty talked about it last year. Tristan McKenzie uh, struggled down the stretch and that was his comment about it was, you know, you got to watch the younger guys, right? They can struggle. Framber Valdez with Houston, 135 whip. It's not the worst, but 29 and two thirds innings, two wins, ERA around four and less than a K per nine. Not your perfect September guy. But then you have John Lester who's not going to be the big K guy got traded to St. Louis, but this is a huge improvement on his season that he had two wins in September, a 367 ERA, 23 strikeouts, but the whip was 131. So there are, you know, there are a lot of factors within this, but in, in a 30 inning chunk, um, which most of these guys are, there are really good players who don't have any one stat line that stood out um, amongst the rest. Like Logan Webb with San Francisco, 
none of it was dynamite. 29 Ks, 29 innings is probably his best thing. The whip was 1.24, two wins. You know, that's not winning you your league, but he got you into the playoffs and then he didn't blow it. But, you know, you, so it, uh, who's the guy with Cincinnati? Uh, Sim, 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 Sim Talinen or something like that. There was oh. a guy who got two starts at the end of the year, Ty. His last one was against Pittsburgh on the last day. And uh, he had a qual- six innings quality start. There, there are those I mean, like. I can have a quality start against Pittsburgh. Well, but there are those random guys who can come in when you do have these other veterans who aren't getting it done that even like to the last weekend in your season, you need to be looking for them. There was a conversation in one of my, my Roto leagues where somebody was saying, why did you pick guys up if you weren't playing to like, you're not playing for the championship as if like, you're not allowed to continue to compete if the only thing you can get is first place. But in a Roto league, everyone's competing until the the bitter end. That's one of the faults of a Roto league is that you, even if you're in last place, you can still pick guys up but there were useful starters on the waiver wire in 30 team leagues that you could still go and get um, well into September. So sorry, I, I just had trouble listening when you started talking about your rotation. It wasn't, it wasn't all my <laughs> rotation. All right. I, the world series team that I had, Ty um, had Scherzer, Bieber, Alcantara, Montas. Uh, Otani was there, but he didn't start because he was so. And what do we learn? What do we learn? Good pitching wins championships. That's well, good pitching got me to the World Series, and because it's a contracts auction league, um, the other team and I give credit to thirty team league. This guy won two thirty team points leagues the same year. That's Brandon Rosen. We'll give him a shout out. Um, So he he won himself some fat stacks this year. Two thirty team point league championships the same year that is damn tough to do i mean i was back-to-back world series in this league and i i joked at the start of the world series that i do not want to become the buffalo bills of this league where all i can do the 90s bills where all i can do is make it to the world series and then i get tuned uh but that's two years in a row that i've made it to the world series and then i've failed to to get the job done so um congrats to him and also in our listener league ty um we need to congratulate uh, what is it? Return of the Mac is the team name um, who won with 183 point, 183 and a half. And they beat out Andy, which was uh, Team Sky. And Andy were in several leagues with. He's a great fantasy player, won a 30 team um, big money auction or no big, big money league. It took him 2200 bucks. But Patrick, um, when the Dingers, Listener League, uh, the Roto League. So, Patrick, what we want to do, Ty and I talked about this before. And if you're listening to the end, Awesome. Uh, we'll we'll maybe give them what a week after this is released to to listen, and then we'll we'll chime in in the group chat. Um, you get to choose the format for next year. So we were roto this year. We were roto last year, but roto sucks, and we know roto that. Garbage. So you you can pick if you want to do um, a roto. If you can keep it, if you want to keep a roto, you can move us to head to head points, head to head category. You get to pick it. It is your world, Patrick, and we are living in it. So as the champion of the Listener League, and I think this is a fun thing to do, you get to pick and change our format for next year. We're still going to be a Keep Forever Dynasty. We're still going to have our rookie draft and all that fun stuff. Um, But we will also transition to whatever format Patrick picks because that's what champions get to do. Well, I will say this, though. If he rolls in with a I want a best ball format, you are officially banned. You're out. You're out. So, Ty, let's do that right now. Let's talk about that very quickly. We played in best ball. Um, We played in all the formats this year. Yeah. So, 
how do you feel? Because we talked in the off season, how guys get just crazy excited about drafting and they want to draft and they want to do, you know, draft and holds or best balls, whatever it is. Cause sometimes the difference basically is that one of them you draft and you get to move your guys around within your team, right? You draft 50 dudes, you start it, you pick your lineup in the other format, you draft 50 guys or 40 guys, whatever. And then whoever is the best at that position, you get awarded a points, a point for or points or whatever, however it breaks down. Um, you don't have to do any management. You just draft. So we've done both of those from that experience. Are, did you enjoy any of them by the time we were all done? Not even a little like no waiver wire in either one. Yeah. Best ball sucked. Roto Roto. It's like, I will say this Roto has a place. I just, I'm, it's not my favorite format. I understand why some people like it. I will continue to dump on it. A, because it gets Ronnie fired up, and B, because I just don't like it that much. But that's my preference, right? Like, and, and you know, best ball to me is worse because, like, part of, especially Dynasty, this is the planning component and, and the, the processing of future teams, right? And I think I, that's one of my biggest skill sets is seeing the future development of some of these guys, right? So when I'm in a format that I don't get to have control over adjustments and tweaks and little subtle changes based on, role shifts or pitch profile changes or things like that, that I'm watching, right. Then I'm, I'm out of my element. And so that's not what I play fantasy sports for is to just sit and watch. So Roto best baller out. I'm a huge fan of head to head because although it's, there's a lot of skill involved in head to head, there's also an element of chance. And, and I enjoy that. Um, I, I will say that I'm a fan, more, a bigger fan of full week head to head. I don't particularly love, the midweek changes of matchups, you know, we play that in our, in our real money. Oh, league. like the three day and the four day. You yeah. I'm not a fan a of that. Okay. I, I just don't think Fair. it's a it's great fit for strategy because, you know, like I was saying to you throughout this season, like the way my division set up in that league was that I was drastically impacted by the matchups that I had in the head to head weeks against my division because out of my division, right. I dominated. Right. And so that was my beef is that, I just happen to have really bad matchups in the weeks against my division, their first half of the season. If I was to remove just my, if I was just to flop my record in the first half of the season against my division, I'm in the playoffs, right? So that's the part I don't like. Whereas if it's a seven day window, then it's a little bit more likely that that balance would exist at a, at a more reasonable level. There's always going to be some influx there, but I think the, the short sample just, it creates more um luck than i than okay. i would like I, about, you know what, what i, I think, that's, what did you I think that's fair uh so yeah i i did not enjoy any of the the best balls or the draft and holds that i did and the the main reason especially with the lineup setting um you get yourself in a position where you bank on like just say a boring type player and I, by the boring i mean a starter who you think has a good floor, but not a high ceiling. So I don't know, uh, Seager, Kyle Seager with Seattle, right? So you start him at third base. Well, Kyle Seager gets hurt and your backup is some type of, you know, not highly touted guy, but, but <clears throat> your league settings don't permit someone to gain eligibility. And because of that, the guy who ends up actually playing third base, who you did draft for a different position, uh, he's only second base eligible. And you can't get that benefit because it's wherever they played the most games last year, which was a shortened year. 
So DJ LeMay, he would be a prime example in most formats. He's first, second, third base eligible in this. I think it was second base only. So I'm like, all right, DJ LeMay, that's going to be my second baseman. And, um, you know, Nick Madrigal will be whatever it was, shortstop, second base type thing. Well, Madrigal's out and LeMay, sucks. So I don't have that second base that I thought I was going to dominate in. And, and because, you know, LeMahieu is still a starter and everyday dude. He's just not getting it done for me at certain positions. And then other guys that emerge as the year goes on, those are victories. That's why you don't come in last place. But because you didn't hit it on the nose with like 10 of your first 12 picks, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. And and that's the part that I don't like is that there's a lot of luck involved. And that's not a, a skill for me. And the thing that I love about fantasy baseball and dynasty is that as the cards play out, we get to shuffle the deck, yeah. right? If we're not looking, you know, if Robbie Ray's hot out the gate, but we don't have confidence in him like I didn't this year, I can make a trade and I can go get some assets for him. And yes, he finished amazing. And oh my God, should I have ever held on to him? But Robbie Ray's a free agent in the one league that I dealt him away in. And I have like, you know, if I want to be the Blue Jays of a few years ago, Ty, I now have 10 years of controllable assets with these two other <laughs> players that I got back in the deal. Right. But what ends up happening is that I actually, you know, I pivot off of a couple guys that have strong starts and I get some guys who I think could really help me, you know, in, in the rest of the season in a lesser capacity and beyond. And that's really fun to me, but in redraft in general, it's really like, just like gun it, start to finish you know you got to get your things and in roto depending on your league settings if you have caps so you can only get so many innings or so many at bats or whatever you have to kind of watch it and and my error that i made this year in a few leagues uh roto leagues specifically i just started everyone i you know like you're a starting pitcher and you're up on thursday i'm gonna start you you get blown up next wednesday you start again i'm gonna start you and i didn't start to get selective with starts until too far into this year so for the few roto leagues that i will go into next year because i'm dropping i think i'm dropping five leagues ty i think i'm dropping that many i, I played in was it 14 <laughs> leagues <laughs> i played in a lot of leagues this year i'm dropping yeah. i'm dropping down and one of the things that i'm one of the reasons that i'm doing it is that um I am planning on doing a real money auction points league. Um, the very same version that we talk about here, our real money auction league, that's head to head categories. Uh, and we're going to do a 30 teamer and it's going to, you know, you bid 40 bucks on Julio Urias. Well, you got to pay $40 for him. You bid 10, uh, 10 bucks on Darvish, you, 10 bucks, you know, however it works out. So we're going to do a version of that. That's a points league version because I really enjoy the points league side um, because the strategy there is a little bit different uh, than it is in head-to-head -head categories because you don't have to hunt steals. You can just hunt for a player that plays sometimes. You know, a starter has value. It might only be 2.5 points per start, but there's value in that um, where somebody else could just be really hot, but they're a platoon guy. Darren Ruff versus Randall Gritchick, right? An everyday player who becomes a platoon guy in Gritchick versus Darren Ruff, who is a platoon guy that starts to get more playing time because he's excelled. Those both those players have values in different ways. So um, anyway, I'm going to cut down a bunch of leagues and start this one, which I think might be the final one that I actually start up because being commissioner in a bunch of leagues can become a real pain in the butt too. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that that's for, for me, if I'm picking a league, I love points, but I love points because I think there's a ton of strategy that people don't think there is. Um, as much as categories is fun, if you don't go and pursue each of the categories, you will come up short. 
in the end. And I think that was evident in my playoffs in our 130 team league. Uh, I snuck in, but I knew I was hurt. I knew I didn't have the pieces and I just got smoked the first week, like 14 and a half to one and a half. Like it wasn't competitive, but I also got smoked the same way the week before the playoffs. So in points, I can come at it from a few different angles. And, you know, if a pitcher does well and they can put up 22 points, that helps you a lot more than if a pitcher just has one good start. You know, like I, I've like the point total part helps. And as well, daily lineups to me too, Ty. That's something that I love because if you are hardcore and you love Roto because you get to set your lineup every day, if you are in a daily league of any sort, you're going to love it because you get to set your lineup every day. But uh, I caution you, watch how many leagues you get in. You know, I got to the point where I was probably spending three hours a week just making sure I had the lineups that I wanted. And if I did not spend three hours a week, I paid for it because somebody like Jose Barrios in one of my leagues, for whatever reason, I continued to skip his starts. I don't know what happened, but like three weeks in a row, I missed Barrios starts. And I think it was that he had a bad one. And I'm like, I'm going to sit him. And then I just missed the first, you know, he had a great start. And then of course he does it again. And then of course he does it again. I'm like, that's it. I'm putting him in, put him in. Boom. He blows up again. And then it's like, well, what am I going to do? So anyway, that's, that's my pick for me. I think Ty would pick like a head to head daily points league for me. And that's probably going to be the real money auction league that, um, that I create this off season. So definitely. And, And I think the, uh, the reality is like there's some growth the industry still has uh, ahead of it in, you know, in terms of data and accessibility. And, and I look forward to some of these formats evolving. Right. And I think that's something we will see with some of the advanced stats and other things that are out there. Like there's an opportunity to grow this space and do different creative things. And that's something I'm looking for moving forward from some of these platforms. I really want to see some innovation because we haven't seen any in a long time. So that's yeah, what I want to see. Um, so so we'll continue down that path. Um, but I think that's a great spot to leave it. Looking forward to, to next season. Um, Robbie, I, I know it's playoff season. So happy playoff season to you. Um, to I'm you sure as well. We will, we will be back here, but it's a great spot well, to leave it. So, oh, just just before, because I suck at the closing. So I'm not going to I'm not going to try to take that role. But are we going to do one more episode where we discuss the pending free agents before we take our breather. Yeah, I think so. Way too early free agency. We got to be in there. Yeah. Okay. So, that's so definitely right. that's an upcoming episode. So those of you that listened here till the end, thank you. Uh, we love you guys. And uh, we love you long time, as they say. And Hey, we'll you continue. can't do a closing either. <laughs> well, it's because you keep cutting me off. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Be, be quiet. <laughs> the meatloaf. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing back there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's a great spot to leave it. It's been Tyler Rob here on Diggers.